Welcome to See You Later, the podcast where we unpack the good and the baggage that comes with growing up as a third culture kid. My name is Caroline Mason, and I am your host and a third culture kid. If the term third culture kid is unfamiliar to you, please refer to the first episode. Now, without further ado, this is See You Later. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I'm here with Jesse Bullis, a fellow adult third culture kid. Thank you so much for being here, Jesse. Could you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do. Absolutely. So, as she said, my name is Jesse Bullis. I am an adult TCK. Uh, I work at a company called TCK Training. And what we do is we try to meet the needs of TCKs around the world. We want them to thrive. And so we help families that have kids that they're raising overseas. We also help caregivers who are helping care for those families. And then my department, as the director of adult TCK services, we help serve adult TCKs. So those who have grown up overseas and then have moved back to their passport country and are now wanting to process that and see how that plays into their lives. I absolutely love what I do. It is a fantastic job. That's amazing. That work is so, so needed. So do you feel like you identify as a TCK or a TCK? And if so, would you consider that an integral part of you? Is that something Mm -hmm. you keep a little more hidden? Just tell me a little bit about that. Oh, I I definitely identify as a TCK. My friends actually joke sometimes if I ask questions that don't line up, my friends that are from the U.S. or monocultural, uh, that they'll be like, hey, you know, your TCK is showing a little bit, um, (laughs) like as a joke. I have wonderful friends who have like really accepted that and have come to understand that that is a big part of who I am. I mean, I see it in so many aspects of my life. But it was pretty important to me, even as a young age, that I knew I wanted to work in this field because I saw a need there. And I just felt like this was a very unique experience that I wanted to be able to cultivate for myself in understanding, but also to help others who had gone through that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Could you share some of your story with us? Tell me about your homes, your upbringing, really whatever you want to share about your TCK story. Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in Singapore. So I, you know, had never had a life in the U.S. before moving overseas. We were only there for a few years and then we ended up moving to England for a while. We were there for a few years, came to the States on medical leave, then returned. And a few years later, moved to Istanbul, Turkey. A few years later, moved back to England. And then I went to boarding school for high school in Germany at um, Black Forest Academy. It's funny when I tell people, when they ask which countries I've lived in, that they're like, those don't seem very close to each other. Like, they're, <laughs> they're kind of all over the place. Some of those back and forth was very interesting and in trying to understand vastly different cultures from one year to the next. I think at one point I even counted, I I haven't thought about it in a while, but it was up to, I think, 23 homes by the time I had gotten to college, or maybe it was after college at that point. But yeah, it was a fair amount. Learned a lot about lots of different cultures, lots of different people, a lot about myself too. Definitely an interesting experience. 
For sure. And were your parents missionaries? I'm sorry if I missed that. Yeah, they were missionaries. They worked in the logistical side of that, which is partially why we got moved quite a bit was because the organization that my parents worked for was trying to figure out where best to have hubs and things like that. Gotcha. So did you go to college in the States or how did you move from, you know, kind of childhood into adulthood? What did that look like? So I went to university out in California and I got my undergraduate in psychology. So I was out there for the full four years of university. And then I ended up getting also a seminary degree in counseling because I wanted to care for TCK as well. And so that was also in California. So I stayed there for six years, which was the longest I had ever stayed in one spot. And then we'll probably touch on this later, but I ended up getting sick. And so I was struggling with Lyme disease, but at the Mm -hmm. time did not realize that. My parents had moved back to the U.S. and so I moved in with them for a few years just while I was trying to get back on my feet and understand what was going on because it took about five years to get diagnosed. Um, And that is definitely part of my TCK story too. Um, But that is kind of what I've done since coming back to the U.S. many years ago. How old were you when your parents moved to the states and was that like permanent like they stayed there or did they go back after yeah it was permanent so they moved back when I was a junior in college so I want to say 21 they've been back about seven years and they're permanently staying in the U.S. gotcha yeah my parents moved I guess back to the states in 2020 but it's not where they originally left from gotcha did they head back because of COVID or were there other reasons so I've three siblings and three out of four of us were on this side of the ocean already and it was a really tricky thing because it was my younger brother's senior year of high school so my parents were like okay we have three kids on that side of the ocean two of them you know their school year is being shut down we don't know if they're going to be stranded and then my younger brother was trying to finish up his last semester of high school so they actually Mm. kind of divided and conquered my mom came back to the states because the border was also closing and they didn't know how long that would be for So my dad stayed with my younger brother and then my mom came back to the States. So I think it was a month, maybe a month and a half that it was just my dad and brother in Hungary and my mom was here. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's a big change to have your parents move to the States for sure. It really is. It really is. And I think sometimes it is not given as much acknowledgement as it's needed. I think when I talk to adult TCKs who their parents have just returned there are of course some that are like I'm thrilled and this is perfect and I just want them here and that's great and then there are some that are like I'm really wrestling with this I don't have a place overseas anymore yeah and who who am I now if all of my family is over here it is a different kind of step in the journey for sure I'm with you how did you land at TCK training and what Why did you want to work with TCKs and TCK caregivers? I know you said there's a need there, and I absolutely agree, but I'm just curious to hear more about that. Yeah, so growing up, I had just seen that there was not always the most intentional care for TCKs. I think there were attempts at trying to care for TCKs, but it wasn't always the most effective. And I had really struggled with noticing some of these challenges for TCKs and 
maybe even pointing them out and having people kind of be concerned to be like, okay, no, like you need to be grateful or please don't point that out because then that makes it harder for the rest of us from other TCKs and things like that. I just was like, I think there's more to this though. I really don't think that this is something we need to just brush aside. And I had also gone through an experience in high school that I had not had adults advocate for me in a time when I really, really needed them. And so in that season, I remember just kind of processing and really looking at my life and being like, I think this is all I want to do. Like, I want to come alongside TCKs. I want to advocate for them. I want them to feel cared for and to see that there is more to life than some of these challenges and that they can get past them with the help of others. I knew that since I was 14 was when I decided, okay, this is this is what I think I was born to do. Like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And like I said, I went to university for a psychology degree. And at that point, was still kind of figuring out what TCK care would look like. And I, at that point, didn't know of many resources for TCKs at all, whether they were adult TCKs, whether they were in high school. I didn't really know there were many TCK caregivers in the world at all. And so I had actually thought at that point, oh goodness, I'm going to have to start this. I'm going to have to pioneer this field. And I am very, very grateful (laughs) that I did not have to do that. I got to stand on the shoulders of giants and come alongside other people who have started fantastic systems and have created great things. And I love that I get to join a team of people who care so deeply and I can keep going with what they've already made. When I say team, I do mean TCK training, but I also mean just the TCK care world and seeing all of the things that are happening and and how we all care so deeply for TCKs. And so with TCK training, it is an interesting story how I got here. When I was sick with Lyme and I was still living at my parents, I really couldn't do much. I was sleeping about 19 hours a day. I could do one single thing a day. And so sometimes it was, I'm going to get up and I'm going to try and read five pages of a book. Sometimes it was, okay, today I actually have enough energy to try and take a shower. It was a very difficult season. And so when COVID hit, suddenly there were virtual options for things that were not available beforehand. And so I was able to access things inside a house that I couldn't have done before. And so there were trainings that were available and I had heard of Interaction International's TCK Lives, which they have every few weeks, I think they invite guests on and they ask about different aspects of the TCK experience. I was thrilled that I got to get this new education and learn about how to care for TCKs from a different perspective. And as I was watching those, Lauren had been on one of them, Lauren Wells, our CEO at TCK Training, and everything she spoke about just hit my heart so Mm -hmm. deeply that I was like, oh, she is saying all the things that I feel and then also that I've felt for this TCK care world. I want TCKs to have a thriving experience and move into a thriving adulthood. And so I had reached out to her and I was like, hey, I am in seminary and I need some hours for my degree. Could I be an intern? I have, I fully was not expecting an answer. 
and she reached back out and was like, yeah, let's get on a Zoom call and talk about what that could look like. And um, I, I soon after that started as an intern, which was so wonderful just being able to learn both from her and then Elizabeth, our COO as well, how a small business is run within the TCK care field and then how to care for TCKs well. It was great. And then about uh, six months later, I believe it was, we started seeing a need for a director position for adult TCK services. And they asked me if I wanted to join the team. And I said, absolutely. I would love that. Thank you. (laughs) I would love to be here Mm -hmm. for a while. So that would be great. And that was kind of how I landed here where I'm at now. And it, it really is so cool to see how all of the pieces came together in that, because for so long, I didn't know how to find what, this would look like, how to find what TCK care would look like. And even thinking through, Lauren and I have talked about how cool it was to see that that season of life that I was stuck in the house for two years struggling with Lyme, TCK care was not what it is now. Like there were not jobs there. It wasn't ready to have had me come in and join the team. And so it is really wonderful to step back and look at that puzzle and see how all those pieces came together. And I'm so grateful and excited to be where I'm at. Yeah, I love that. I got to meet Lauren through one of those virtual TCK things. It was a little virtual (laughs) retreat and she did a whole workshop session. And I was like, you know, I think she's on to something here. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So can you tell me a little bit about some of the resources that TCK training has or what, Mm -hmm. just a little more detail about the work that y'all do? Yeah. So we have a few different demographics, I guess you would say, that we work with. So we work with parents a lot where we will do coaching and we have workshops for them to understand how to support their kids well. And we do similar things with caregivers who might be working at organizations. Um, We do a lot of certifications and trainings with them. And then we also have the department that I work in, which is adult TCK services. And so we have some workshops through that for adult TCKs trying to understand how their childhood has impacted now, how they find identity and belonging or even romantic relationships and things like that. We also have our unstacking program, which is the biggest portion of our adult TCK services. And that comes alongside either a teen or an adult TCK and helps them map out their grief tower and understand what is on that, what their experiences were as a child And then look at those blocks and unpack them. And we call it unstacking because you're taking a block off the tower. And we walk through that with them, teaching them some coping skills and some other tools so that they can move forward in thriving. Like our big thing is we don't want to just sit in the hurt forever and the grief forever. But a space needs to be made for that Mm -hmm. so that we can move forward. And we want adult TCKs to be moving forward into thriving places and to feel loved and cared for and seen. Those are kind of some of the pieces of the resources that we have here. Yeah. 
I have the book in front of me right now, Unstacking Your Grief Tower for Thir- Adult Third Culture Kids by Lauren Wells, for mm-hmm. those listening and maybe who don't have that. But I wanted to read just a brief little excerpt for people to kind of just introduce this whole grief tower thing, and then I want to mm-hmm. hear more about that. So Lauren describes the TCK life as an ampersand, a both and, so it's both good and hard. And she continues and says, that hard side of every TCK's ampersand consists of all of the losses and grief-inducing experiences that happen during our developmental years. These difficult experiences, such as moving, changing schools, having friends move away, witnessing extreme poverty, living in a politically unstable environment, or leaving parents to go to boarding school, stack up like blocks, building a tower higher and higher. I call this the grief Mm. tower. Um, Mm. I just thought that was kind of a helpful little snippet to give context to this. But could you Mm -hmm. kind of walk us through that model what really is like the real significance of the grief tower and what does unstacking Mm -hmm. look like even I should have mentioned this earlier but I think I heard Lauren say that I think it's by the age of 18 adult TCKs Mm -hmm. usually have about 20 blocks on their tower is that correct yeah am I mistaken there yeah Yeah. no that is correct basically the grief tower we look at it kind of as a timeline when we walk through it with a TCK whether they're um, a child and we're going through their grief tower and a, and a debrief because we'll go to families overseas to work through that or with adult TCKs but we want to look at all of their hard experiences and not because we want to focus on those but again like I was saying earlier we want to give them space to be processed because it's easy for us to be like let's let's have fun and let's look at the bright side of things but it's not always fun to take time to sit in those hard things and fully process them. And so essentially the grief tower is those hard blocks and those hard experiences stack up and up and up and up over time. And a lot of us as TCKs, we get to this point of thinking like, it's okay. I, I will just keep shoving it down. I, I can just keep going eventually that grief tower it gets so tall it can't keep going like we can't keep stacking things on it's going to collapse and there can be really big negative repercussions and for me I do believe for myself when my grief tower collapsed I do think that was a piece in me developing Lyme disease I think that it had pushed so many buttons in my body that my immune system was very, very low. And I think there were a lot of aspects to that that had to do with my grief tower. And so we we talk about five things often that were like, these definitely need to go on someone's grief tower if they've experienced them. But some of that also is just a jumping off point because people have experienced hard things and trauma and grief-inducing things in lots of different forms, but we often talk about moves. We talk about losses, so that also includes hidden losses that we don't always think about. Like, one thing I I talk about TCKs a lot, I'm like, what do you miss eating from a country? Like, Mm -hmm. what what do you miss smelling or hearing? Like, those those are losses, and they're, they're worth taking a moment to grieve. Mm-hmm. So those um, depression and anxiety, those absolutely say if there has been a season of that, please put that on your grief tower that is worth giving yourself time to process. Mm-hmm. Um, a family crisis, even if you are not the particular person who is experiencing that crisis, that 
experience impacts the entire family. And then also intense moments of fear, which I think a lot of TCKs will explain away sometimes because we say, well, lots of people have experienced this or other TCKs had things much worse yeah. or more fearful. And what I often say to people is I'm like, pain is pain. Mm-hmm. If you feel it, it is worth processing mm-hmm. and it is worth giving space to that. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of the grief tower model, what we work with a lot. And so, you know, I was talking about our unstacking sessions is we kind of take one of those blocks down at a time and we talk through that and we help create coping skills to walk through that experience and just process it all so that that tower doesn't continue growing and it can be a lot more manageable and we can learn from it and it doesn't have to hinder us from a lot of the benefits of the TCK experience because this tower of grief can really get in the way of that. Yeah, the grief tower was so I don't know if liberating is the correct word, but when I Mm. learned about it, I was like, whoa, like I have a framework now to work through things because my my freshman year, my very first semester, the first half was going relatively well from, you know, moving across the ocean to a small town in South Carolina to go to this private, traditional, Mm. conservative Mm -hmm. Christian university. So a lot, (laughs) a lot to unpack there. But the first half of the semester was relatively good. And then mid semester, it just absolutely toppled and I didn't have the Mm -hmm. language to understand what in the world was happening I just knew I was suddenly slammed with crippling anxiety and I was like okay I can't do anything now and I didn't Mm -hmm. realize till I had gone home that December for Christmas break and I was in Hungary again and I reached out to my high school therapist and I was like hey can we chat because I hadn't been in therapy that semester Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I ended up just sobbing to her for an hour. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't understand what happened. Like, it just, you know, everything collapsed. And she she was like, Caroline, you just listed off 15 kind of traumatic things to your mind and your body and your right. system. And you're like, it's kind of like, why are you surprised? <laughs> right. And I had yeah. that moment of like, oh, right. You know, <laughs> and then I learned about the yeah. roof tower and I was like, that makes so much sense to have that framework of like, yeah, it's true. I had all these blocks that I hadn't processed. I hadn't dealt with or I'd attempted to, but maybe not, you know, completely mm-hmm. worked through them. And then it just collapsed. So, yeah. Yeah. It makes it more tangible I feel like mm-hmm. like this concept of grief can feel very ambiguous yeah but when we like put a shape to mm-hmm. it essentially and like we have a way and a, like you were saying a framework I think that's great a framework on paper it's like oh I can see now of course my body is reacting yeah. this way it has been dealing with all of this for so long so I know you mentioned your toppling experience and whatnot but What has your grief processing looked like? If you want to share some of that or even in that time when you were really sick um, coming out of that. Yeah, when I was in college, there were a couple of really intense moments of realizing that there was something more to my grief and something more to the trauma that I experienced that I needed to start processing. It led me to go seek counseling and it was through that that I ended up getting diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. which now I believe is it was actually complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is something we talk about at TCK training because that is one of the 
repercussions sometimes of a collapsed grief tower. And so for me, you know, the season of when that happened, I really did have to step back and look at my life and be like, okay, what am, what am I trying to do that's not working? And I think one of those was just not letting myself grieve. And so when I was forced to move back in with my parents because my health had also deteriorated, suddenly I suddenly realized like, okay, what, what do I, what do I do now? Um, and I will say, I think that too often people will look at grief and think that's the whole problem. Um, when there's been a collapsed grief tower and they'll be like, okay, well you have to get yourself out. You have to process this. And I think our whole thing is people need help with that grief we can't deal with it ourselves. And so I had an incredible therapist during that season with my Lyme. And then I had absolutely phenomenal friends who stuck by me throughout the whole time. And as I started processing a lot of things, as well as seeing doctors and getting some medical care, that was when a lot of my healing started coming, both personally and mentally, but also physically, which was very miraculous from where I had been sitting just a couple years ago. And so I had spent a lot of time simply letting myself be and experience those hard emotions and cry for the first time in years and allowing myself also to take breaks from that and realize that sometimes I just need to enjoy a day and go and hammock and do something really chill and then tomorrow I'll pick my journal back up and I will spend a lot of time writing that out. I think grief processing, you know, again, going back to that that idea that the grief tower is a framework, it is a framework and then we need to be able to process in the way that is the most helpful for us. And so for me, often that was journaling because I needed to get the thoughts out of my head and onto paper. Sometimes it was doodling. Sometimes it was uh, actually going on a drive and what I call um, scream crying (laughs) and scream singing. (laughs) Or I'll just go on a drive and I will blast music. And usually, to be honest, it's not the most emotional music. Um, It could be the randomest thing that I will just be like, I need to get these emotions out. So I'm going to scream them. And so even a few months back, I just needed a day that I got some processing out. So I was listening to Life is a Highway (laughs) and and just screaming on the freeway. And it seems appropriate. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I had a friend in a car near me and they they had texted me later and they'd been like what were you listening to in the car you were really getting into it and I was like oh it was just you know some wrathful flats but like they were getting me thrilled (laughs) it was helpful um that is kind of what a lot of that season looked like for me was not just scream singing but um, but with a lot of that figuring out what I needed in the moment and I think a lot of TCKs learn to separate their bodies from their emotions Mm -hmm. and we need to be able to just sit back and be like what do I need right now what does my body need and I think I was actually blessed in having that Lyme disease 
because I was forced to have to listen to my body a lot for a lot of different things. Even just, okay, I've been outside for 15 minutes, but I'm already tired. And when I was a kid, I might have been like, oh, I need to keep entertaining whoever I'm around. But wow, my body can't handle that right now. And I think that really helped me to start thinking emotionally also, what does my body need right now? And that kind of helped me connect some pieces back together that I think is often difficult for us as adult TCKs is getting our body and our minds to talk again. Yeah. So I feel like we've talked a lot about the heartache involved with being a TCK. Mm-hmm. Um, but what yeah. would you say are some of the rewards of being a TCK? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think one of the biggest ones that I always think of first is compassion. Is when TCKs have been able to acknowledge their own hardships and their own victories, they can have the most compassionate heart towards other people because they they have this broad worldview of not everything fits into one box. Like, because we've seen all these other cultures, we know that, okay, well, something that may, might be right in America would look very, very different to someone overseas. And they can both be right about that. And so it's this compassion from a lot of different perspectives. Um, I think in general, also, that broadened worldview is a huge asset. Another one that I was thinking of is flexibility and adaptability. One of the things that we hear often that I really struggle with is people say TCKs are resilient. Yes. And I would not <laughs> agree with that whatsoever. Uh, We have done a lot of research on adult TCKs and their experiences that show that those struggles with trauma do not result in resiliency. However, when we are supported and we have processed that well and we are carried through and heard and just been able to experience ourselves and our processing, we can be very flexible and adaptable. Um, because we know what that looks like and we can know ourselves and be secure in that. Again, that I think that comes through help, but that is something that I see as a big benefit to the TCK experience. Another couple that kind of go coincide is some self-awareness and then also emotional intelligence. Once we're able to process those things, suddenly we, we know ourselves a lot better And we're able to differentiate who we are from the rest of the world and think about who do I want to be? What aspects of culture do I want to adopt into my life? And again, pulling in that broad worldview and being a very um, unique person and knowing who that is. Yeah. And I've been thinking Mm -hmm. about reclaiming the word resilience a lot lately. I think that it's a word that was usually just slapped on when a kid's just kind of been dragged through the mud their whole life. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're so yeah. resilient. And I'm like, no, I'm traumatized. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. also realizing now that it's like in one sense, yeah, I, I lived through all that. So in one sense, like, yes, I was mm-hmm. resilient out of necessity in a sense. So like I had right, to live right. through all that. Absolutely. Um, but obviously yeah. I don't think it's 
not in the way they intended it's like wow you're so Mm -hmm. strong it's like "Mm, not really (laughs) right but like what does that mean you know as an adult to look back and honor our stories Mm -hmm. and also say like yeah you did get through that like now let's you know let's do the hard Mm -hmm. work let's do the processing but also you lived through that like you've made it through yeah one of the things we talk about um in our unstacking sessions is what we call internal narratives and they're essentially these concepts that are our brain comes up with to understand the world and our experiences. And unfortunately, often they do not benefit us. Mm -hmm. They are things like, well, everybody leaves. So what's the point in getting to know people? And so what we've seen though, is to some extent, there's pieces of truth in that from our experiences. And also to some extent, it got us through hard times. And so I look back at some of those things, some of those internal narratives that I had was, I have to be strong for everyone around me. And I can look back at that and I can say, you know what, I was strong. And that helped me get through that hard time. And I don't have to live in that truth every day for the rest of my life. I can accept the help of other people. And kind of almost thanking the concept and then being like, all right, Bye. Like <laughs> that that can be left back there. So what advice would you give to younger TCKs or even your younger self? Mm, I think even with what I was saying just a minute ago of feeling like I had to take care of everyone around me is I, I don't. Um, that is not my responsibility as a kid. Um, I'm allowed to have fun and I'm allowed to want good things. And honestly, not all good things will be taken away forever. That might be some experiences. Some things are there for a season, but they won't all leave. And then also just you're not too sensitive. You are allowed to be sad and experience that and give yourself space for that. And so I often go back to that. You know, you talked about the ampersand a little bit that Lauren talks about the both and that I'm I tell TCKs often, I'm like, we need to process that grief and we need to celebrate ourselves Mm -hmm. and our victories. And when we are able to allow ourselves to sit in the uncomfortability, essentially, of both and, like, it doesn't get a bow tied on it. It doesn't fit into a structure. Those seasons that I'm able to both grieve and celebrate are some of the most fulfilling I look at TCKs and I'm like, I want you to experience both sides because I think that is the healthiest spot to be in. Those are wise words. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up here, what's your culture shock Mm -hmm. moment you want to share with us? Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier and my favorite culture shock moment to share is it's technically not mine, but I was there. It was my dad's and it was really the first time I remember understanding the concept of culture shock. So we had returned to the U.S. for a stateside assignment during the summer or something like that. I was, I think, seven years old. And so at this point, I had experienced culture shock myself, but I hadn't watched someone else experience it and understood what happened. And so we had gone into a Walmart And I mean, Walmarts are notorious, I feel like, for third culture families to just be like, what is happening (laughs) after they've lived overseas? They're like, there are so many cereal (laughs) options. Like, what do we do with Mm -hmm. this? And usually that's like 
pretty hard experience for people. And what was so fascinating was my dad, he went a little ballistic and he was so excited. Like He just started running around the store and like he did the whole very movie-esque thing of sticking his arm in a shelf and pushing all of the cake mixes <laughs> off of the shelf into the cart. And he he was just like, kind of not yelling, but like getting very excited to my mom, like, honey, they're only 88 cents. We have to get all of them. Like, they're not this cheap overseas. And we were like, what? And I remember him being like, you guys watch this cart. I need to go grab another one. And I was like, what are we doing right now? What's happening? And I remember him coming back with the second cart and he also had walkie talkies with him. And he was like, they're only $39. We need these. And I was looking at my mom as a seven-year-old. I was like, mom, is, is that okay? Like what's, what's happening? And if you knew him as well, he is like the most serene, calm, level-headed person. So I was like, what is going on and she was like it's fine honey this is called culture shock and she kind of explained it to me and she's like he's just so excited about cake and you know whatever food we can have here and I just I love looking back at that because I think a lot of culture shock stories unfortunately aren't the the most enjoyable but that one is probably my favorite of just like oh man we we love to laugh about that now that's really sweet i mean quite literally you know pun not intended but, yeah um, <laughs> also that's i'm awful. sure there was yeah. a check bag full of cake mix that was brought back to wherever you were going oh my goodness i think the funny thing was the majority of it had to stay with our grandparents oh, no. because we didn't have space for it so we were like you just spent hundreds of dollars oh on like all this food that we couldn't even <laughs> take with us and I'm pretty sure they had it in their cupboards for years you know like it was it was ridiculous but it was amazing that's awesome thank you so much for being here Jesse. this has been wonderful and it's been so good to meet you virtually and hear what you have to yeah. say are there any things you want to promote website social media any upcoming mm. TCK training projects or I think the thing that I would want to talk about simply for other adult TCKs to know is just there are resources out there that we want to come alongside adult TCKs. And so we have those unstacking sessions that I talked about before. And then we also have workshops that we're continually working on. And so we have workshops from last year. And then we even this coming year have four more workshops on the docket that are directed towards adult TCKs. And one of those is learning how to talk to our parents about our childhood trauma. And then another one is learning how to transition out of university. And so just being able to look at the TCK experience and get some support as we go through what that experience is, we would love to come alongside people and do that. That's kind of our, our thing, what we do with adult TCKs. I believe your website is tcktraining.com, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, well, thank yeah. you so much again for being here. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. As always, see you later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of See You Later. I hope this conversation reminded you of something you can now go unpack or made you feel less alone or maybe just made you laugh. It is an absolute joy to know the incredible humans featured on this podcast, and I hope you feel as honored as I do to be led into their stories. 
If you're interested, you can check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in the episode. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. And as always, see you later.